Hey y'all, this is Rachel Norman. I'm back. This is part of your mom life mentorship in the wisdom framework. We are on I this time. So the last um, podcast episode I did was W for the well three, the three needs that we um, that when we meet, we become our best selves and our kids too. So I encourage you to check that out if you haven't. It, it's just not really an order. You don't have to listen, but make sure you check that out. Today, right now, we're going to do the I shift, the I for wisdom. And that is how to stop feeling like a victim at the whim of your kids, your house, your schedule, or your life. This is super big, super important. And I remember when I went through this shift years ago that I once it finally clicked, I started to see that I felt like a victim of basically everything. I felt like a genuine victim of so much in my life. And now I'm not talking about circumstances where there's an actual perpetrator victim scenario going on. That is, of course, true. I'm not diminishing that. If, if you are a victim of something, then you were certainly a victim of that. And that is not what I mean. In this episode, what I'm going to talk about is the mentality of being a victim in all in different various scenarios in which you feel that you have no power over that scenario when you actually do. So there are some situations in life in which you are overpowered and you are truly a victim. You don't have anything that you could have done or do to make it different. That's not what I'm talking about. Okay. But I'm talking about taking that attitude that I, there's nothing I could do and keeping it and holding it when there are things that you could do, but instead you're just feeling like a victim of all these things. And this, we can come by this normally. We can come by this very naturally. And, but it is something that is demoralizing and it is disempowering. And, but we feel so much more powerful. Remember we talked about one of the needs for power. If we feel like we have no power over our life, over the circumstances of our life, over anything that's going on, it starts to go badly for us. We do not feel good when we feel like we have no power over our lives. So whenever almost just this shift, this shift of thinking, I'm in control of my life to a large extent, not completely. I don't believe that any human is completely in control of their life. Um, but if, but we are in control of a lot of things and it's a very empowering to realize that. So we feel like a victim. If we feel like we're at the mercy of our kids or other people or our friends or our house or the weather or, you know, and in a certain extent, you go, if we're going to go to the beach and it rains, maybe we were, you know, we, we, now we can't go because of the rain. But if we feel like everybody else has control and we don't, this is when we're feeling like a victim, like, oh, my child's in a bad mood. Therefore, I have to have a bad day because if they're in a bad mood, I have to have a bad day. Or I had this thing planned out that we were going to do as a family and one child is in a you know bad mood or they don't want to go. And now it's going to ruin everything. It's this feeling like if one person doesn't love it, it's ruined. Or if one person resists, it can't happen. And the reason is we feel like a bit of a victim with this is because it now requires everybody else to be on board and like it, love it and agree, or else we feel like that we're going to be not okay. So we've essentially given the power of our well-being, of our moods over to other people and we've put it in their hands. You know, it's like saying, okay, my children, if y'all are not all in a hat, I'm giving you all of the power of my mood today. Do with it what you will to the little kids who sometimes are happy. Sometimes they're not happy. Sometimes they're grateful for what you make. Sometimes they don't like it. And if we hand over that power to them, then it's, it, we're going to be in a perpetual state of, oh, am I going to be okay today? Oh, yes. Okay. The coast is clear. The kids are in a good mood. And that is just a disempowering place to be. But ultimately what it is, it's, it's a, the feeling that you have if you're in this state of feeling like a victim is that you're having this feeling of a loss of control. It feels like, 
other people are in control, but you're not in control. So then it's like, okay, it's like your kids have power, but you don't have the power. Or it, maybe it's your spouse has the power and you don't. So what you want to do, the way you can stop feeling like a victim of this is to just recognize, actually, I do have the power to make changes. I have the power to do something about this situation. And I will, I will never forget, this is the way that it played out for me. Just to give an example, I don't want to talk about me, me, me. Um, but my mentor realized this and helped me see this, that I have this thought, I have to live with things that I don't like. So like if, the, if something happened and I didn't like the feeling, the deep feeling was, I just have to live with this. I have to make myself be okay with this. And it played out in many different ways. And so if my child was acting in a way that was really just not okay, the feeling would be like, I don't like this, but I have to live with it. Or, you know, if somebody was treating me in a certain way that was just very inappropriate or not okay, I don't like this, but I guess I have to live with it. You know, I'm trapped. It was this feeling that I'm trapped with all these things I don't like. And this, the, the, as you might imagine, when you feel trapped, this is when you really end up getting traumatized because the certain situations. So, for example, the same situation could happen to two people. And if one person didn't feel like they were a victim and they didn't feel trapped, they would process it in a way much lighter and much easier to move on from than somebody who feels trapped. So if you feel trapped by your life and then something goes wrong, it, that is just compounding, compounding, and it's much of a, a deeper, much heavier, harder thing to deal with. So when I realized, oh, I really don't like this. Oh, I don't have to live with this. I have the power over my life. It's not all these other random people or everyone else. Then I was able to kind of craft a life that I really felt like I did like, that, that I enjoyed, that felt life giving. So another reason we can feel like we have this sort of, I'm the victim of all of this, is we think that it, that life is kind of a win-lose, like a zero-sum game. Either I win and they lose, or they win and I lose. And I talk about this a lot in my book, If Mama Ain't Happy, but or there's like a whole chapter on it, I think. But um, if, if, say, our kids want to do something, you know, your child's like, okay, I want to play this extra sport, you know, say, and you do not want them to. You feel like either I win and we don't and they lose and they, they, you know, are mad forever or they win and, and I'm miserable. So it's like, we feel like everything is a win lose, right? Whereas there's actually, you know, there's ways to find a win win. And so the phrase we use in language of listening is there must be some way. There must be some way you will get to do something that you enjoy extracurricular and we maintain a sane family pace. There must be some way that you can, you know, get to hang out with your friends and do this fun thing. And we get to be home most nights of the week for dinner. There must be a way we can do this. And this is a big phrase. I really encourage you to start adding into your vocabulary, even if it's just mentally something you're doing. This really helps you start to view things differently. So if your kids are, you know, wanting to get on the screen and you really don't want them to, you think they need to play. They need to not be on the screen right now in the middle of a lovely day. They need to go play. Whereas it's like, okay, either I win and I say, no, they lose and they're mad or they win and I win against my boundary. Or you could say, well, there must be some way you could get some screen time in and also get to play and enjoy the outdoors. There must be some way we could do both. And when you do that, it's almost like you're opening a door in your brain. I don't want to, I'm not, well, I don't feel like this is woo-woo, but I, I don't want it to sound woo-woo, I guess is what I'm saying. But it's almost like there's a, a door that opens up into your brain that is like, when you say there must be some way, you open yourself up to possibilities. You know, there's actually possibilities. It is possible 
we could both feel good by the decision that is made here. And this is where we want to aim at in parenting. Not that you always win and your kids are just dejected and miserable. Not that they always win and you're basically not even hardly surviving their entire childhood, but that both people feel like, okay, this is cool. We can do this. But and this is different to compromise because compromise is kind of like, I don't get what I want. You don't get what you want. So we're both kind of happy. The other didn't get what they wanted. No, there must be some way we can is more like we both win. Now, maybe somebody has to wait. Maybe one of us slightly changes how the idea that we had, but still there must be some way we can both be okay. And this is when, um, negotiation might not be the right word, but this is when some negotiations happen, some thinking, some possibilities. And this is how you can easily, especially if you really feel guilty doing anything that makes the kids feel upset. This is how you can shift that, do the shift um, into the I, like I am not a victim of them, is that you can turn it in your head. Well, there must be some way. Okay. The kids really, just want to go to the park today. And I'm just, I I'm tired right now. I just don't feel like it. I don't have the energy, whatever. I don't need nine cups of coffee by 10 AM. I don't want to, but they want to, there must be some way they can have some fun and I can be okay. So what might happen in your brain is your brain might say, you know, i kind of want a lazy morning. I want to rest a little bit, but at, at three or four, I get a second win. You know, we could do the park then, or you know, I think I'm going to prioritize rest today because I'm not feeling good. Maybe it's PMS, you know, okay. But tomorrow I'm going to, I'm going to say we can go tomorrow. I'm going to make sure and go to bed early and catch up on some rest and we'll do it tomorrow. So they might not get the park today, but they're going to get the park. Um, or it might be like, you know, we can do, yeah, actually maybe I'm okay to do the park, but as long as we're home early enough, I can get a nap. So start to think, well, there must be some way if you start getting that feeling, it's like an uncomfortable, like an icky, it's slightly the feeling of like, I'm a victim. It's slightly disgusting. It's kind of like, ugh, it's kind of like this repulsive little feeling. Yeah. I feel it inside my chest. I'm not sure where you do when you're like, ugh, I'm a victim and I have to like this. No, no, I don't okay, I'm in control of my life here and I'm in the boss of my kids. You know, everybody, the government, God, literally everyone has put, knows that the kids are under my supervision until they're old enough and I make choices for the best of all of us. So there must be some way we can all feel okay about this. So another way I think that is really good to help us break out of this kind of victim, I guess, mindset is, oh, sorry, I had to flip over to catch my notes, is I, I like to call this radical acceptance. So I see this a lot with moms. And if you think I'm talking about you, you know, you're wrong. Or I might be talking about you, but you and 20 other moms, it is not just you. This idea of, it's like, I can hear it when you're talking. Sometimes something happens and you don't like it. And then immediately after you say, you, you explain why it's okay. Your kids did it, why they didn't really mean to, why they're actually great, even though they did that, you know, all these things. Whereas, of course, I I know that your kids are great, whether whatever they do, I know you love them. I know, you know, I'm not taking any of that. I'm not having any negative opinions about your kids. But there's almost this feeling like, you know, um, and I've, I've heard this actually from numerous moms at this point. So I'm always careful to make sure nobody feels like I'm specifically talking about you. It, it is actually almost like there's themes of happening when, when somebody shares something and maybe it's just on my mind. I hear it in multiple places, actually, in my normal life, too, within family. But is kids just getting mad and biting or hitting or really kind of having these violent type behaviors that hurt to mom. And it's like they happen, but then immediately after it, it's like, before you say, I don't like it, I don't want this to happen. It's like, but all toddlers do this. I'll, you know, 
kind of almost talking away the fact that you don't like it, you know? And then if, if I come back around, I'm like, well, actually all toddlers don't do this, you know, first of all, but that doesn't matter either way because your toddler does do this, but tell me more. Why don't you like it? What does it make you feel like? And let me explain why this matters. Well, you need to radically accept your boundaries in the sense of if your kids are doing something or somebody else is doing something that you don't like, the fact is it's already, you already feel violated. It happened. You did not like it. You're not okay with it. Now, the, the, a common response is for moms to talk themselves out of this behavior. This does not work. Instead, I want you to radically accept and say, you know, is it a, could it be right that I don't like this? Could it be right that I don't like if somebody bites me or hits me or, you know, whatever, that's just this example, but could it be right if I don't like it when I'm always trying to meet a friend and she's always 25 minutes late or she always cancels? Could it be right? Yeah, I know she has stress. I know she has little kids. I understand. But like, actually, could it be right that it's not okay that somebody always cancels on me or somebody, you know, enter example here? Yes. You need to radically accept what you like and don't like. Now, I'm not saying you radically accept moral failings and you think they're okay. That's not what I mean. I'm saying instead of constantly talking yourself out of all of your emotions and acting as though they're invalid, what this almost does is it means you don't really know what you're okay with and you're not okay with. And it means other people don't either. And they just simply do whatever they want to do because they're like, well, I guess she doesn't care. Nothing really happens. So whatever, I'll do whatever I want. And then what does this do? It makes you feel even more like a victim of everybody else because you're like, well, they should know I don't like it, but yet nothing happened. You didn't, you don't even really know you don't like it because you talk yourself out of it. So the next time somebody, and of course, I'm often examples I use are about our kids because I'm dealing with moms. And when moms come to me, it's about kid issues, but this could apply to other areas of life. Okay. But if your child does something and you're just not okay with it, it just, you're just not okay with it. That's okay. You don't have to be, you just don't like it. You don't want it to happen. You don't want them to do it. Okay. Could it be that you're right? (laughs) Could it be that you're right? You just don't want them to do it. Okay. All right. Don't accept it. Radically accept it. And once you do that, you're much calmer, you're much more assured, and it opens up the place that you could then have possibilities as to what you could do about it. Because you don't get to the place of having solutions that come up before you have agreed there's a problem. Similar to the the where I said if you use the example, well, there must be a way we can both win, you know, here. You won't have ideas unless you come to that. You have to open up and arrive at the door where you're coming to the possibilities. You're opening it up and there's possibilities. So after you've radically accepted it, this can help you move into a different place. And I use, I love this example from my friend Lauren. So this is like radical problem solving. And I like to say this in the sense that it's good sometimes to go to the extremes when we're thinking or brainstorming, even if we know we're not going to end up there, just because it opens up our mind to realize there's other ways to do things. So my friend Lauren was a mother of two. Now she just has a, has a new baby now, but probably six months, something, maybe a little older than that, but um, no, four months. You guys don't care. Okay. <laughs> anyway, before that, it was, she had like an eight-year-old and a six-year-old. And so there was four of them, military family. She had a small house at their, where they were stationed and she hated laundry. And she said, you know what? Instead of just always feeling like I'm spending my life doing laundry, she's, she's like, I'm going to take a radical, she's more minimalist, a radical minimalist approach because kids didn't care. It wasn't like the kids are like deep fashionista divas. She pared down all their clothes to the, where the kids had like five or six outfits and a couple of church clothes. And that's it. So she said, and she said she did something similar with her closet 
what she wore, kind of almost a capsule wardrobe idea. She said she had like two loads of laundry on Friday for the whole week. And that was it. Now, this is radical. And most people, myself included, aren't going to get rid of that many clothes. But I I, I actually try to get rid of tons of clothes. But I, I would not go that radical. But it worked for her. So I'm not saying you need to go quite that extreme. But what I mean is a lot of moms have tons of, just using the laundry example, tons of laundry. And their kids are wearing like two outfits a day. And it's just tons and tons and tons. And it feels like this never ending thing. And they've got teenagers and the teenagers aren't doing their own laundry. And it's just all of this where if you think, what could, what could, could I do something radical? It's like it flips open the spot of your brain that starts giving you lots of ideas. So if you have a problem, next thing, what I want you to do, I'm giving you some homework, is next time you have a problem come up that you need to, that you need to practice radical acceptance. And you're going to say, I do not like this. Um, here's why I don't like it. I'm correct in not liking it. Okay. You write it down. I, I suggest getting a journal. If you don't love to journal on your phone, it doesn't matter. Write it down or type it down, whatever. And then do some radical problem solving. Think like what it, this is, this is what I like to do. Think of somebody else who you think might be your, you know, an example of someone who would never have this problem. For example, if it's laundry, think of somebody, just a, a friend you have in real life who just seems to have, you know, what would she do about this? Or think about somebody that's exactly the opposite of you. What would she do about this? Now, I'm not saying you're going to do these things, but you want get a bunch of ideas on your paper. It just opens your brain up. And then you start to think, you know what? It could be that I actually make my older kids do their own laundry. It could be that I remove a bunch of uh, clothes. It could be that instead of always having tons of socks and none of them match, I get rid of them all and I only buy all socks that match one color. It could be, you see what I mean? It could be instead of letting them all have five pairs of shoes, they all have two pairs of shoes, whatever it is. This is just little examples. And I mean, I have a minimalist built, so that's where my possibilities are going to come in and yours might be different. But instead of feeling like a victim, feeling like you have to live with all these things that you don't like, radically accept what you don't like, and then actually believe there could be some solutions and then radically problems, problem solve them and see if anything comes up. You will feel empowered just by doing this, just by thinking, you know what? I don't have to live with this. You know what? I ain't trying to do that. No, actually, we ain't going to have that. Sometimes, honestly, just shifting inside yourself what you're okay with and you're not okay with, it's like it creates a different energy in your house. And kids pick up on this. And this might be a good time for me to talk about the concept of walls and doors. So if you're in a room and you want to go to another room, would you walk through the door or would you bang yourself against the wall until it busted open and you got through? Okay, I give you I give you a second to think about. Dumb question. Of course you would walk through the door. What happens often is moms, we have things we don't like, but we haven't radically accepted we don't like them. And so to kids, it's a door. It's just like whatever, you could go through it. I could go through it. It's not a wall. Because if it was a wall, your child would be like, That's not happening. I'm not gonna do that. And they just wouldn't try to bang up against it. So now I'm not saying if you had a way, okay, more or less. If you know what your walls are, kids just resist less. They might come up, they might tap it a little, they might bang their head a teeny bit, they might kind of put their shoulder on it, but they're not just going to keep on and keep on at it. They're not going to do it because they know it's not going to open. Whereas if all of your rules are doors, then your kids are just going and doing out through whatever they want to do. But the way you start to have a door or a wall instead of a door is you radically accept what you're not okay with. And then you just simply don't allow it. You don't allow it to happen. You hold that boundary. You make it a wall. And then you offer can-dos, like I mentioned 
back before in the well three video, you offer a can do that's like, okay, well, you can't go through the wall, but you could go through the door and you offer different ways that they might be able to go about doing something. Again, we're finding a win win. So I'm going to close this one here because I think it gives you a lot to think about. Um, and of course, if you have any questions or specifically how it might apply to a situation, hit me up in Voxer and we'll talk about it there.